Landscape Alaska is on the air. Margaret Tharp and David Lendrum. What Conversation Alaskan Gardens. Yeah, glorious. Boy, it just calls out summertime. <laughs> glorious, porous. <laughs> it's uh, and looking at the weather prediction, it gets, looks like we get a couple of blessed days. Well, there always seems to be a storm like this between seasons, whether it's snow or it's rain. You know, between letting go of spring and going into to summer, it's a summer know. storm. Oh, sounds great to I me. Mean, I just wish it wasn't on Memorial Day weekend. Everybody's Absolutely. got all these plans, and it's like, eek. Going to get wet. Have be wet, have wet plans. That's right. And uh, speaking of wet plans, Landscape Alaska has a tree sale on. Did you know that? Yes, I do. Have I been talking about it enough? I think so. And we have, it's just so pretty. We have so many trees. So many beautiful trees. And there's really, there's no better way to celebrate Memorial Day than to plant a tree. I love tree planting. I do too. And I, and obviously we love tree planting. We do, certainly do enough of it. Well, we've had trees that we've planted that are, you know, 50 years old. You never dream you're going to get that old, but all of a sudden you turn around and there it is. And you notice that your two big Japanese maples are coming into leaf this week? And my beech tree, my columbia giant columbia beech tree, yes. Yeah, they're beautiful. What a threesome. Yeah. So if you it's come like to they're Lance, all holding hands over there. It does, doesn't it? They're uh-huh. kind of snuggled up. Uh-huh. And the, the, over the years, the big beech tree has really filled out in space. So it It's makes, happy. It's happy. And it's tall now. It's probably 20 feet tall now. It's pretty tall. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's think about the prettiest trees that you know of in Juneau or in southeast Alaska, for those who aren't in Juneau. Well, there's incredible trees in the forest. I mean, look at where we live. Mm-hmm. Incredibly big, old growth that's fantastic. And the, those champion tree hunters that, that went around measuring trees to find the largest Sitka spruce trees and the largest mountain hemlock trees. Well, there have been some biggies. There are some biggie biggies. And speaking of biggie biggies, Margaret and I were in Mexico last year. For our son's wedding. For our son's wedding in Oaxaca. And in Oaxaca, they have the largest tree in Mexico. And it was 150 feet around, and it was enough Shade it's was, called Montezuma's... It's a Montezuma cypress. Cypress, that's and it. And it's called the, the tree of Tula. Arbol de Tula. Huge. Uh, I mean, it, really, you can't even... You, you really need to be in a drone flying overhead to really see the tree. Because when you look up, you just get lost in all the branches. A tree that and, was huge when the Spaniards first came. And it supports so much life. Everywhere. And, and see how dry it is in Oaxaca. You have to think about what that root... That root must go way down. Unlike the trees here that grow out, they don't want to go down. It's too inhospitable down. So they grow out. But in places like Oaxaca, it's got to go down. It's coming deep from the deep, deep part. It's got to go down to some kind of water strata. Right. Because the the surface is desert. Yeah. It's really something. It was, I tell you, it, it was like being in the presence of some other kind of creature. It was, a life form. Uh huh. And you think that when you when you look at the uh, the big beech trees that are in the the people's yards here, how big those trees are. But this tree dwarfs those by far. Oh, these are babies. I mean, that's thousands of years old. It's like right. the redwoods. Uh huh. You betcha. It is like the redwoods. Yeah. From another era. Right. So uh, it's call in show nine zero seven five eight six one eight hundred. And if you'd like to share some stories about big trees you know, or charming trees you know, or trees you planted that have, have uh, symbolized something to you, please call us up. Share that information. 
586-1800. Okay. So uh, we're going to offer sales 10% on any tree that you purchase this weekend during Memorial Day weekend. And uh, And we have some really sweet, young Japanese maples. Very sweet. So pretty. Easy to plant, growing in a a two or three gallon pot, and they're hardy. They're hardy. And these are almost all, they are all the upright kind. None of these are the weeping ones. They're all the upright kinds. So you could plant a little grove of them. Or a hedge. And they're affordable. That's right. Or a hedge. Describe for me the hedge you planted at the memory court. Well, I uh, planted several hedges at the memory court in front of the windows so people inside the rooms would have their own privacy and their own texture and beauty to look at because these people suffer from memory loss and even though they can go outside to the memory court which is interior courtyard at river at riverview this they still have their own hedges in front of their windows that they can enjoy from inside and it lends them some privacy and i mixed all the different japanese maples i had so they were red and yellow and green and purple in a rainbow of colors and leaf sizes so that as they grow and mature it'll be like a tapestry of color and this is not the first time you did this. Oh, it is the first time I've ever done this. You did it at Carol's house. Oh, right. I guess I did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, I did it at Carol's house. Uh-huh, and this is but this is the first more. time I'd ever applied it in large, in a large landscape form. And it's fabulous. It really is. You know? I was in there watering it last week, and it's stunning. Yeah. How beautiful they are already, just as babies, too. Yeah, and you know, the thing about a Japanese maple, I mean, if you're into trees, they have a beautiful architecture, even without their leaves. Their buds, their branchlets, everything about them. And, uh, of course, we buy from one of the greatest hybridizers there is in the Pacific Northwest, and um, it shows in his work. So, um, anyway, they're affordable, they're nice, and they're easy to plant. So and those you, are three winners for me. <laughs> and if you want to look at some pictures, look at our, our post on Facebook today at the, at the uh, Juno Garden site. There's some pictures of Japanese maples on there that are just heart-wrenchingly in, lovely. In leaf and color. Now, those are big ones. Those are not the small ones. But they'll grow to be big like that. And as well as the Japanese maples, there are Korean maples that are just stunningly beautiful change colors every week and we still have flowering cherries looking really pretty flowering cherries and And we have some crab apples that are really beautiful and crab apples that are in bloom now and are ones that are just coming into flower and we have these beautiful golden yellow norway maples called princeton gold and what about those are they firs or spruces they're so soft they feel like a fir but you say they're a spruce we have both kinds we have uh blue select Norway spruces that top out at about 15 feet. And we have blue subalpine fir that gets to be, again, about Which one has the purple needles when they first emerge? And that's the Serbian spruce. That's the third kind. I'm telling you. And then it's purple. The needles are purple as they come out of their little... Sheath. Sheath of protection. And 
and then it emerges purple and then it slowly turns into this frothy green blue i mean and it's soft to the touch it they're stunning bring your kids i want one i want one of those it can be the smallest one but okay. i want one i want to okay. plan it mm-hmm. okay. i want one uh, i want good. one okay good and it'll take the place of one of those uh, poor weeping larches well, I want them too. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily they're all yours anyway. Until somebody else gets them, they're all yours. You can just have them and enjoy them as much as you wish. That's right. So, uh, material is going away from the nursery. New material comes into the nursery every week or so. We have more herbs coming this week and more vegetables herbs and uh, and some more perennials coming this week. And we got our potatoes last week. We That's have right. potatoes. Bunch of seed potatoes are available. And uh, shallots. Oh, yes, have, we have, have shallots. have a big bag of shallot starts so you can plant them. And we have uh, trays of leeks and onions now ready to go out into your yard. If you want to have something that's really an interesting crop to have in your yard, plant leeks. They, they get enormous. Right, but while they're young, you can, you can cut their, their stems to get them like green onion flavoring for sauces and things like that. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a, a sweeter and milder taste than most onions. Mm-hmm, right. And it's the national plant of whales. That's, that's right. For all you Welsh guys out there. They wear little leeks, they have little leek pins, pinning leeks to their lapels when they have a convention. And they also have big leeks, real leeks, that they pin to their, their lapels when they're in their choir competitions. Oh, there we go. be hard to walk around with a big leek on you, but well, whatever. They don't walk around much, <laughs> but they pose with them a lot. So uh, the flowering cherries, too. Man, they are such a pretty tree. And I'm glad to see so many of them around town. Absolutely. Now, the ones at the, uh, at the Mendenhall Library have been just beautiful. And the posting that the Bennett Hall Library puts up showing the trees in motion, in flower, was so pretty and so well done. Well, you know, the thing also about the trees at the Mendenhall Library and the yellow torspirea that wrap around parts of the foundation is it really complements the material the building was built out of because it's kind of this gray mauve ceramic or tile or something and so those colors together really make show off the beautiful architecture of that library well I I gotta say you have a real good color sense and you can make things shine out that were otherwise unnoticed by putting some complementary color near it well thanks Dave I uh I'd hate to be colorblind, <laughs> like you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it ain't so bad, you know. I have plenty of color in my world. Everything's gray. It's not either gray, mostly pink. So when I first met David, his friends would dress him, and they'd put him with plaids and stripes and diff- clashing colors, and he could never tell. He said, well, it's all gray, isn't it? <laughs> Looked like a, an oh, advertisement well. gone sideways. Too bad, huh? <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh, so what's happening at Tyler's this week? Tyler says they've got a great supply of all those kinds of equipment that people are going are to want, whether it's gas-powered or electrical battery-powered, which means 
handheld blowers and backpack blowers, which means those little tiny pruning shears, little chainsaws, all those those uh, weed eater kind of tools. We could use some of those little tiny pruning shears. We've got some. I know, but we need more. Okay, that's no problem. I'll just go get some. Okay, that sounds good. All you got to do is buy them. No problem. And they're as far as a useful tool in the garden. They're really great. They're great. You can prune all kinds of stuff with them. They come with two kinds of snippers. The one is the little short snipper that comes back and forth. Like like a hedger. And the other one is much longer, like a like a like a big hedger with a sickle blade on it. And these are little tools you hold in your hand. So the thing is, is that when I'm off on the landscape job and I have all that equipment with me, the nursery needs to have their own supplies. And that's why uh, I think we should have that. So okay. That, so that the maintenance gets taken care of easily. And keep things looking as sharp as we always like them. Yes, absolutely. I did a little tree surgery yesterday with my little chainsaw. Cutting you and George branches. Washington, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that cherry tree, right? <laughs> That's right. Shoot, <laughs> cutting away that cherry made me feel kind of like a cherry beaver. Oh, perfect. Cutting the edges away, making so, them look sharp again. So this is a call-in show. Don't be shy just because it's pouring down rain and blowing sideways. Give us a call. 907-586-1800. We like I it. I think today's a day that it would be great to stay home and watch movies with great landscapes in them. Like the French lieutenant's woman. That that landscape. I mean, I know you're supposed to be looking at the people, but, you know, they take shots in the the, uh, beech Beech tree florist in southern England. And it's ancient and it's incredible. And when uh, Meryl Streep is hanging out up on one of the branches, it's like, uh uh-huh, I could watch this. Wow. (laughs) I could watch that forever. And that, that picture of her with that deep, deep cloak. And sitting up on the branches of the huge beech tree. I know, man, it's really something. I'm, and I then, mean, I've only seen that picture, that vision a couple of times, but I'm never going to forget it. And then there's the movie 2012 where everything blows up and falls away into the ocean. I just <laughs> love that one, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just wait for it. Catas- catastrophic events. It, it's all coming. It's all coming true. Okay, I'm going to be open today from uh, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock. Tomorrow, noon to four, and Monday, unusually for us, because usually we're closed on Mondays, and the same thing, noon to four on Monday. So come and look at my trees. You're just going to love them. You don't have to buy one. You can come and walk around. Treat it like a a museum. Good morning, conversations. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. um, I have a question related to a vine maple. We've had a vine maple on our property for over 25 years, and it grew to has grown to be about 20, 25 feet high, wow. or something like that. And um, last summer, it seemed to blot, um, turn color early, and I um, wondered about you know the heat. Maybe I didn't water it enough. You know. Um, Anyway, lots of things. And now, it hasn't leafed out yet. And Our, ours are hasn't. just leafing right now. They're just are barely, they? barely getting leaves. But, okay. you know, there are, there are uh, soil-borne diseases that attack maples. Mm-hmm. And uh, that... 
coloring early sometimes is an indication that that's what's happening. Although it rained so much last year, it might have just decided it wanted to go to sleep early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just wonder what I can do to possibly help it. We'll cut off the dead growth. Um, There's a little bit of that. I would Um, feed it with liquid food. Liquid food. You know, like miracle Grow or something like that, just as a introduction to see if it helps boost some of the energy that's if there's energy in the tree for it to come sooner. Okay. And you know, th- it's readily available. The if you put liquid feed on them, the plant's able to take it up right away. Okay. Um, and is it specifically for trees? No, it's You'll just it's just a it's for anything. But the liquid food works immediately where granular food or something like that takes a much longer time to release and actually benefit it. And so you would feed it out at the drip line where the edges of the branches are. That's where the active root zone is. Mm -hmm. And there are two kinds, of, in that one in particular, that kind of liquid food, you buy them as a crystal and you mix them with water or you buy them as a concentrate and mix it with water. And the two okay. selections in either of those manufacturers are general purpose, where they have like a 10-10-10 fertilizer, or bo- bloom booster, which will be higher in the phosphorus and potash. So you're just going to want the one that's the balanced fertilizer, general purpose. Doing okay. That. Great. Okay. And, and then uh, anything for the long run, you know, like what should I be doing to help... Um, Annual, you know, it, it, annual fertilizing is a big deal. You know, it, mm-hmm. it rains so much here that the water-soluble nutrients get washed on down the, the, the stream. So if you put a fertilizer on that is a slow time-release fertilizer. David has packets that you could feed your tree. Okay. You should take okay. a picture of the diameter of the trunk so that he has uh-huh. an idea of how big it actually is. But if you come to the mm-hmm. nursery... You, he has these great packets that last for an entire year, and you would go great. around the tree, you know, every three feet or so and put in a packet. So you'd probably have maybe 10, 10 or 12 packets, depending on how big your tree is. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds pretty big. All the way around the outside. But if your tree's alive, then it will help it sustain itself through the winter, even when the ground is frozen. And these these okay. uh, fertilizer packets are not just the primary nutrients. They have copper and cobalt and molybdenum and boron and all those kinds of micronutrients that our soils are so poor in. So, mm-hmm. yes, do come out. I'll show you. Okay. Thank Thanks. you so much. You Thank bet. you for calling. Vine maple is such a pretty kind of tree. I love them. And I have uh, a few Douglas maples that are Alaskan native maples. We have a couple of unusual maples down in the overwintered stock in Montana Creek, the Odyssey, that I dug up and brought inside and watered them because they were they're babies. I mean, they're not, they're three feet tall. When I say babies, they're in a two-gallon can. Great. I want to see them. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I haven't noticed them. But, you know, well, you're kind of a busy man these days, Dave. <laughs> well, there is that. And also, they're just now coming to leaf. Right. You these know, were so. just coming to leaf. And that's why I watered them, because I thought, well, these look a little dry. You know, we had that hot spell for 10 days or so. Right. And I saw I saw a Katsura down there also. I thought we were out of Katsuras, but there's at least one. Okay. Well, I'll pull it up today, too, and look at it. Great. 
There's a big one out in our field, along with those weeping yellow cedars. We have to work on getting those up. Donovan suggested we hire somebody's boat trailer so we could semi-lay them down and still be able to get them up. Mm-hmm. You know, we could put slings on them and lift them up with the machine. Because they're so tall, oh, yeah. you can't drive down the road with them. So when we did the state museum, we bought replacement trees for every tree we put in. And some of those weeping Alaskan cedars are 15, 18 feet tall now. Mm-hmm. Which really is pretty. Hard to, hard to haul on a trailer and uh, get underneath the wires. You can't. Have yep. to lay them down. Uh-huh. So anyway, more fun. More fun, more cool stuff. Love the big cool stuff. Nothing like it. So uh, I got some requests today from several people after looking at our color postings for uh, Yakusamena hybrid rhododendrons. Boy, they're in bloom all over town, and they are so pretty, as are the Baden Badens. And when you see the Baden Baden as a small plant, you think, eh, because it's so, we only have them in a two-gallon pot, and it is a true dwarf instead of being kind of semi-dwarf with the Yakusamena. But the wastes have them in their yard, you know, and they're three and, a, three and a half feet tall and four feet wide, and they're just covered with the dark, bright red flowers. And, and it is it the has darkest the, it red. It is the truest red of all the rhododendrons. And the really dark, twisty leaf that goes with it. It's just beautiful. And the Yakusumenas, look at the Wells Fargo. Those pink rhododendrons are in just full glory. And remember how deep the snow is piled on top of them. They just get piled on top of them. Mm-hmm. And they don't break. They, they're just tough. And the nice thing about the dwarf rhododendrons, yes, it takes a little bit longer, and they are more expensive than the cast iron fi- hybrids, but they really do take the winter here. And they don't seem to get the leaf diseases. Right. Which is such a big deal, you know. No I fungus. Looked at, I looked at hundreds of rhododendrons already this spring, and they're almost all got those red spots on them from the rhododendron rust. Because there's so much the, rain last year. And I haven't seen it on a single Yakusamena. You know, and somebody, uh, it was Lucy Merrill said that uh, she treated her rhododendron that looked really bad for the weevil. And she treated it with the nematodes, and she wanted to know if we had more because it came out just incredibly much better this year. Uh, the nematodes are on their way. They should be here by the end of next week. So there is a pest that attacks rhododendrons that here. A big black beetle. It's a big black beetle. That's it comes right. up at night. Uh-huh, it's it has a, cocktail parties on your rhododendron <laughs> and leaves. And eats them. <laughs> Particularly eats those nice, tender, young, sweet leaves. And uh, the, the biting pattern on them is very, very identifiable. It looks like a ticket conductor has punched holes. Along the side of the leaf. Uh, and if that's something that you've got on your rhododendrons, the, the bug that is doing that, it's taking some bites out of it. But the real damage is being done underground by the babies, the weevil larvae. larvae. And they're eating the root system down there. So we go to that level. We get a... Uh, predatory nematode that we can mix in water and pour down around the root system and it goes hunting for them. Yeah, uh, by the time I got to Joe's uh, rhododendrons, they hardly had any roots left. I mean, they only had the wooden roots. They didn't have any fibrous roots. Wow. Eaten away. That's Well, it's an underground combative world. You know, there's a lot of war going on Oh, yeah, and she's got all those spruce trees and I'm sure that they all have 
Some kind of bugs. That's right. And fir trees also, they get that same kind of bug. And so do viburnums get that same kind of bug. So if somebody's interested, you can either uh, How many viburnums are here? We don't have very many viburnums, do we? Uh, yeah. Um, European viburnums? European viburnums, Native American viburnums, too. The, uh, what's that big berry, berry-bearing plant that's at the edge of the forest? Uh-huh. The elderberry? No, not that one. Kind of it smells like socks. Socks, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big one. It's, it has some big white flowers. High bush cranberry? High bush cranberry. Thank you so much. Yes. It smells oh, like socks. It does. <laughs> they smell like socks. Uh, well, why? Anyway, never mind. I was at the edge of Fred Meyer yesterday. You smelled a lot of socks there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they got lots of socks. But, but the, the high bush cranberries along the parking lot side were so covered with aphids that all, every leaf was contorted and twisted. They couldn't see a single regular-looking leaf. So I've also ordered some uh, aphid predators that come in a little, like a little tea bag. That you hang on the tree. You hang it on the tree, and then larvae, as they, as they hatch out over a period of a month, they crawl out of the little tea bag and go hunting on the, on the tree itself, which is such a smart way to apply it. Well, that's how they did it years ago before they had all the poisons that they that, invented that, that during World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at the natural world and figure out a way to use that. Right. Just like using the native peat. Right. Which we were lucky enough to get just this last week. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And the native peat looks like, like no other kind of soil around. It kind of looks like fudge. It's great. It, it, it retains the water and the plants respond to it. So, oh, I mean, look at the forest. Yep. They love it. They absolutely love it. And it's, it's kind of the basis of the whole pile, the whole uh, pyramid of life. Yep. And, and all over the world. You know, the jungle in Brazil, I'm sure that's Pete. You know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's, it's in certain areas of the world supporting tremendous amounts of plant material jungles forests gotcha and here it, it, it's kind of uh, as part of a geological cycle you know between the ice ages they had big swaths of, of uh, grassy kinds of plants and then as they got uh, the climate changed and they got buried so it never really got decomposed so it's still there almost all organic matter and you dig down through the soil stratas and come to these big lenses of peat I think about the land bridge from Russia to Alaska and the camels and the palm trees and the horses horses and the wild cats that they say roamed up in the part of the world now that's considered cold and inhospitable. And giant beavers. I saw a picture of a giant beaver last <laughs> week. Looked like it was 15 feet I long. I think that, I find that just fascinating. Yeah, isn't it cool? Mm-hmm. And you think about what were, the, what were the trees then? And the trees mostly were kind of palm-like things. Right, because it was mostly it was desert. It was well, lots of desert. It's not just that. They didn't have flowering plants yet. Oh. They you know, didn't they had, have flowering plants. Yeah. When the, the trees w- that are uh, more like a grass, like a great big grass, before they had flowering plants. I get it. Yeah. Great. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Uh-huh. So we're coming close to the end of the show, 
and we're going to be uh, going back to the nursery and opening up for business today. Be sure to bring your raincoat. It looks like it's going to be. I'd just moist. bring an umbrella. Get bigger. Get bigger. Get bigger. <laughs> get faster. And there's some really, really pretty trees. Both the ones that are in our own landscape, which are spectacular, but also the ones that we bring in to go into your landscape. And some nice rhododendrons and roses and all kinds of things. Ten percent discount. All trees this weekend. Come see me. And I've pretty much sold out of fruit-bearing trees. I think I've just got a couple apples left. But the cherries are all gone. Crab apples. Crab apples. To, I, have a, I have a crab apple that's a universal pollinator for any other kind of apple tree. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Called Puget Spice. So uh, if you have a hard time finding us, look at our website, Landscape Alaska at landscapealaska.com. And so it'll have a little map of how to get to us. So uh, hydrangeas, they're coming soon. More hydrangeas. And the little lilacs, Miss Kim lilac. They're just all, getting ready. They're, they're getting, all, all butted up and ready to go. Uh, and that's what lilac that is around the, the parking lot of the Gold Belt building. Okay, one minute left. Well, here we go. We're going to take our, our leave of y'all. Okay, this is Margaret Tharp and David Lendrum, Landscape Alaska. And we're wishing you all happy gardening.